You know, they probably call her Captain Cockblock, right? This is the emergency broadcast system. This is not a test. Repeat, this is not a test. Systems are advised to take the following steps. If exposed, Broadcasting live from a microphone that thinks capitalism is evil, high atop Papa Bit Rock. I am Jamal here with special guest Graham. Yes, I am here. Oh man, uh, I did mute him and then I forgot to unmute him. I just <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm used to it. Uh, Devin, nice, nice for you to consistently be here like normal. And then there's, <sighs> yeah, uh, Monty, Monty. What? Monty's here, everybody. Monty. Oh, yes, I'm back. The podcast drunk is back. Now, people don't understand that, uh, first of all, your fish got out and that's, you know, my fish didn't you, get out. I was trying to cover for you, bud, but come on, man. You're going to fucking just not play along with me. Go fuck yourself. He's hanging the TV. Yeah, he was hanging the TV. Did take him two weeks, uh, but he did <laughs> no, get it hung. Um, the guy had to go to the store. I don't know what drill to buy. Was like uh, I didn't have a stud there's, finder, there's so like, I was, you know, he kept pressing his body up against it, but nothing happened. I'm trying yeah. to make sure the damn thing's level, and then you miss the stud. And, oh fucking! Yeah, there's yeah. sixteen That's holes. I was gonna say he poked TV. about forty holes in the wall. Dude, so then, yeah, he to get, then he had to go get mud and remud the wall. They had to get a bigger yeah, TV 16. to cover the holes. You know. Yeah. <laughs> There's 16. He had to wait for wall. warranty for that. There's you didn't have a stud finder oh for real? God. Come on, man. No, I just that. do I just do the old knock technique nine times out of ten. Uh, I, I bang it out, man. How many, it's worked on no, one, two, two not three, nine times out of ten. Sounds beats. like sixteen times <laughs> missed. Yes. Man. Sounds like a really bad average, actually. Yeah, this is like those cost like five dollars. <laughs> I'm back. Uh <laughs> Man. He's like, why did I do this again? <laughs> yeah, why did I, man? Listen, <laughs> uh, yeah. before we start the main show, which is Joan of Arc, Gold Patreon show. today. Gold Patreon. Speaking of Joan of Arc, amazing women in history, we talk about amazing women and being, <laughs> being made today. <laughs> being made today. That's gold on Patreon. And then you know, uh, I just realized we should have talked about, too, the, the woman of the year. Oh, next week, I guess. Fuck, we missed that. Up. Let's just fucking uh, go let's build totally Burr on into it. the topic. Yeah, we're putting women first this month. And then we had five motivational quotes to start your day. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if you want to start them by totalitarian leaderships, great ways to start your day. Yeah, <laughs> some of the smartest leaders in the world, though. So, <laughs> Monty, you are a secret totalitarian just junkie. You I know, know it. I, he is. He's like, he like has a sign on people. his Prius that says we support martial law. I don't drive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ask me if you want to know what my God, neighbors are I up hope, to. <laughs> God, I just applied, so I applied for a management position where I'm working. And I hope to God they don't. Nobody listens to this fucking podcast when they're doing a <laughs> background and look check again. Oh, be like man. he's gonna make me clean the bathroom. He's yep. gonna the flow. Oh man, what have I done? Are you uh, are you gonna take a vacation before they decide? Or are you gonna try to power through it? Yeah, actually, I'm I'm on vacation. Yeah. Uh, 
The eighth. I leave the seventh, and I'll be back the eleventh. How many? How many vacation days is that? You spend working there what? Four months? Six months, but I get like three days of free time, so I'm gonna burn two of them. Oh, there you go. Speaking of trash, Joan of Arc. <laughs> <laughs> wow, she's not trash. She's French. Uh, I don't know if you guys. Palibus <laughs> Francais. Uh, what's going on here, Devin? I don't know. You picked the Patreon topical, which you have to listen to, but it's and now Joan of Arc. I'm just you know. I don't know how I came across this. I think that's because I was I was like reading my channels and my my freaking smart TV, and I saw a recommendation for the Messenger mm-hmm. with uh, Milos Ronovich, hmm. and I was kind of in the mood to watch it, but. They wanted like four bucks or something. I didn't have any streams that was free. So I was like, yeah. So I went to YouTube to see if I could find it there. You know what I mean? Right. And it wasn't, but I did find a very interesting documentary that I, you know, I learned some things that I never knew about the patron saint, by the way. By by what church? The Catholics? Roman Catholic Church. Wow. In 1920. Really? Yeah. I didn't. Huh, art phantom fact. I didn't. I didn't phantom know fact. A, I didn't realize she was a patron saint either. Oh, yeah, yeah like she's a, a saint. If you pray to her, she'll uh, answer your prayers allegedly. She'll do what? What's her specialty? What's her superpower? She's like this. Was like the original Marvel characters. Was the Catholic saints? <laughs> uh, well, arguably, she's one of the most famous people ever out of the medieval times. You know what I mean? Of the mid. You know, 14, 15 centuries. I mean, she's up there. She's just as famous, if not more famous, than uh, Christopher Columbus. And now you said, to you know, me, Charlemagne. Like everybody's heard. Most yep, people have heard yep. of Joan of Arc, and they they've written yes, music yep. songs about her. Multiple movies. I've heard of her, but I don't know any. I know nothing. I'm actually really curious because I remember studying about her very young, and like it was. All I remember was it was something religious based and she gave like inspiration and then she died. Okay. So, well, she's born in 1412 wow. in the little town of Domery, uh, Northeast France. She was born during the time of the Hundred Years' War, but she was born more on the back end of it. Okay. And pretty much what happened with the Hundred Years' War is um, France's king died without an heir, really. He was kind of mad and stuff. England decided, you know, I'm just going to claim the throne for myself. So that's kind of how the war breaks out. But what ends up happening, too, what I found interesting I didn't know before, is that France was actually in civil war at the time. So there's this one group called the Burgundians. That's someone that was laying claim to the throne. And uh, the other ones were the uh, who Joan supported and were her region where she lived. They were called the, uh, try not to butcher the name. Make it sound really French. Just mm-hmm. so you got, I'm waiting for him. You got John the Fearless, who was Duke of Burgundy. Well, his brother gets he gets assassinated, and then uh, the Armanacs. That's who the other faction is. So you have the Burgundians and the Armanacs. So I didn't realize there was a civil war, and the, the country was pretty much sliced. It was kind of in half. And if you look at one of these maps here on the Wikipedia, but the the river uh, there's the river that goes right through it, and there's this town called Chinon. Chinon is where the Armanac. Uh, king where they, they also call them the Dauphin. And the Dauphin is who Joan of Arc actually supports and ends up fighting for. When she's 13 is when she starts getting these, she starts hearing voices and having visions. And she believes them to be of uh, St. Michael, St. Catherine, and St. Margaret. And they're pretty much telling her that she needs to go and fight and restore France, make the Dauphin 
rightful king of France. These visions then come to her for quite a while. It isn't until she's 17 that she actually like pushes forward with it to like talk to people. So was she born into was she like born she's into a peasant. royalty? No. Oh, okay. No. That's she's okay. Peasant. Her parents were her dad was a farmer and her mom was a very devout like Catholic. Oh, okay. She couldn't read or write either. She was illiterate. Okay. Okay, so she travels at 17, her dad at 16, her dad tried to have her in an arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. And she ends up fighting in court and uh, the <laughs> bishop agrees with her like that she doesn't have to marry this dude. So she stays a virgin. Probably looking out for the dude. That's what I said, right? Well, at 17, they go to uh, the city of uh, Vaucular. Vaucular, probably. That's how you probably, all these French words. I'm probably going to butcher a lot of them. So anybody that's a hardcore enunciator out there, tough tits. Well, now, was she on support of the English side or was she in support of the French side? No, no, no. So she's in the blue area. She was part of the the Armanex. Yeah, okay. Right? And if you could see, like, the uh, country was divided. It wasn't, like, straight up this section is... I mean, they have their big territories, but there's also sections broken up within each one that are for the other faction. So it's kind of broken up and everything. And Yeah, like um, down in the bottom part of France, Bordeaux looks like it's part of the English side. Right, and she's very in the northeast side. Like, all her land is surrounded by Burgundian territory. And the Burgundians were just another faction, like, French noblemen and stuff, and they actually allied with the English fucking fucking french bro right they were like fighting each other they i didn't did, know that i know, thought it was like i thought it was english versus french i never knew that they actually were fighting each other didn't too. they uh didn't they do that in uh world war ii too <laughs> they're like, oh, uh, why you gotta now. why you gotta bring up the past because <laughs> we are nazis now <laughs> right. Well, and all this kind of goes down like the original Duke of Burgundy, uh, John the Ferris, he ends up becoming assassinated, and the new Duke of Burgundy becomes the name guy, uh, Philip the Good, they called him. I don't know how good he was, but. Great name, though. Great name. Yeah. And I like that. So, yeah. anyway, so we get back to uh, Joan, and she's having these visions for so for like four solid years. She's having these visions, and. And um, it's all the voices. same thing, or it's. Right. I actually have like what she saw. I was going to get to that later because bad, almost almost all of it comes out like during her trial. Okay. okay. So she's 18, 17 years old, 18 years 17 old. 17 right years now? old. So she goes okay. to the city of uh, Bacular where there's a garrison that is in support of the Dauphin, right? So whenever I say okay. Dauphin, think Armagnac. Okay. And uh, the Dauphin actually ends up becoming King Charles Seventh. Okay. But he's not King Charles VII yet because he hasn't been coronated. I always just called him the Dauphin in almost all my notes, too. But he was a highly religious person like Joan was. Think of the era back. It really wasn't a question of whether Joan is mentally ill or insane, but because many believe that it is possible for God to speak to you back then because everybody was super hyper-religious. It was whether the voices came from God or the devil. And you okay. were right in the midst of the Holy Roman Empire right then. Too, oh, yeah. So, know? like, so, everything that happened was either God's will or the devil trying to play a trick on you. And then yeah. your monarchies were all established by the Holy Roman Empire. So right. They, and they were, were highly, highly pious. Y- yes. Believe that yep. they were ordained by God to rule. To this day, England still believes that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing crazy. in Sweden. Same thing in Sweden. So, yeah, with the Inquisition and everything, everything came down to to God. What side was he on? And because she wasn't the only one that's claimed to, to speak to God or hear voices. But what the difference was, was the voice, what the voices were telling her to do was to fight and to lead. And she was okay. a young, poor, 
You know, she's young, she was poor, and she's female. Like, women weren't soldiers back then. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? She had no business being at the head of an army, but the voices were telling her to go do these things. Ooh, now you're getting to where I, I got so many questions. I but it going. seems like an impossible task at the time. Well, so, so she goes to that uh, city where that the garrison was, and she talks to the captain. Her voices told her to go to the Dauphin, and he would give her an army and drive England out of France and lead the Dauphin to his coronation that was 250 miles away from his home base in Chinon. So, in the town of Vauculeux, just north of uh, Dormery, so this is, just, this is like, if I remember, I was 10 miles north of where she lived. Okay. The captain sends her away on her first visit, calls her a fantasist, and <laughs> tells her family she needed to go home and be given a few good slaps. <laughs> <laughs> But she doesn't give up, and she keeps spreading the word amongst just all the locals about her visions and what God's telling her to do, and she actually rallies support amongst all the locals. She goes back to the same captain, like, I'm going to say it was six months later. He agrees to send her to court, but what happened was, uh, in this contingent that helps her get there, they decide that she should wear armor, uh, dress as a man to, like, hide her identity to protect her, because they have to ride through Burgundian territory to get to the Dauphin because they're practically surrounded and nobody really understands why the captain flipped so much. But one of the people, one of the six riders was actually a messenger from the Dauphin because he actually had heard about this young peasant girl who said she was told by God to lead an army and have him coronated. So he wanted to meet her. She's like 17. She's at 17 at this point. So she crops her hair too. So she cuts all her hair off. You know, the and he wants to meet her because he thinks uh, she's a boy. Is that still correct, right? No, no, no. He knows she's oh, a girl. Okay, he, okay. Yeah. But they, they do this to like hide her identity and stuff. Oh, okay. Did she already have like her town when she went to him? Did she already have like, did she show up with like, say, 20 people behind her? Uh, they don't really say that. They just no. say that okay. she was there. But okay. when they go on the journey south to like meet the Dauphin, there's only six of them. It's her and like five fucking oh, like, armed fuck. guys. She okay, was, she was like a hype man, really. Yeah, seventeen years old, and you're able to rally. I mean, think about. it. I mean, they gave her a horse too. Yeah, seventeen years old. You're given a horse, all right, what's and then the, you're able to rally five men behind you. What's the significance of the horse? Well, horses um, she were was poor. Yeah, yeah. Mm. horses. She were takes the name of Joan of the Maiden because also, like Joan of Arc is given to her way later on. So for most of this time that she was alive, she was known as Joan the Maiden or the Maid, which I thought was pretty interesting as well, because back then, the last names weren't very common. So sometimes you took the surname of your mom, but it was more likely to change when she got married. So girls typically didn't have last names. So she didn't even know her last name. This should be. You should go back to that. <laughs> Single women walking around. Like it was around. up to Corey, be like, uh, we should go back to the days where if I see a woman, I just have to club her over the head and drag her back to my cave. It's my Viking culture, <laughs> but I can't help it. My cave. They're very Not submissive after He's that. cave. <laughs> Don't oh judge. God. You know, we conquered the world. All right? That's so, I mean, up. it worked. And look at the most beautiful women come from those areas. So you're welcome. Yeah, well, when we talk about the Dauphin, he was very religious. He went to mass two times a day and was desperate because at this point in the war, he was losing. English the, is for, no, uh, that's no joke. That's no. Yeah, well, army. England and the Burdungians yeah. had captured almost every major city in France except Orléans. Fucking okay, so at, at this time, Orléans is under siege. So if that falls... It gives like the English and the Burgundians like total access to the south of France. And so he's hanging on by a thread. So he's kind of desperate. So he wants to hear a message. And her message to him was, 
give me an army and I'll give you your kingdom and I'll give you your crown. So, but the dolphin has a major problem. If he puts his faith into a false prophet sent by the devil, his Fucked. kingdom of France would be lost forever. Ooh. However, if he sends her away and rejects a true prophet, the result would be equally disastrous. So, he's got to figure out like, is she genuine? You know what I mean? Does uh-huh. she really know? So, they gather all the theologians that they can. And for like three weeks, they tried to determine if the voices and visions were from the devil or God. For three well, weeks? I wonder how that discussion it, goes. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, well, they even checked to make sure she was that. still a virgin because a virgin would be, just be <laughs> truly pure, right? But anyway. Sure is, John. How did they? How did they okay. How well, did the they book, there was a book written by a guy named um, Pierre. Joan the Tainted. Yeah, it was, it was called The Proving of Spirits is the name of the book. And in the book, it pretty much teaches theologians how to ask and determine whether visions and voices or from God or the devil. It was just pretty interesting. Do you have any quotes from it? I do not. Because most of it's in Latin. And I don't speak Latin. But it would be like, take into account. Yeah, I'll just go off what I remember. Take into account who is saying it. Who is it spoken about? What is the purpose of the the message? Yeah, well, if the person saying it going to receive a huge reward for saying it or motive stuff like that so after three weeks what happens when did what's your trouble she was a woman mm-hmm. saying that god told her to fight and soldier which wasn't a thing at the time she wore men's clothes armor in the old testament says women dressed as men were was an abomination yeah. mm-hmm. so like okay she's dressing like a man and stuff the old testament says it's bad but the god's telling her to fight right so they were trying to figure all that out but they couldn't find any reason to doubt her because she was so, her demeanor was so steadfast and confident. She didn't portray this like little girl trying to fool everybody. She was like, no, give me a fucking arm and let's go. But they also, one of the crazy things about this was she told the Dauphin to send someone to a town close by where to find this sword. And so he sends a dude to do it and the sword is there where she predicted it would be. So it kind of, that kind of cements that she knows what she's talking about. But also they asked her how she was going to get the Dauphin to Rhymes, right? Because Rhymes is the town where every French king has always been coronated. So for it to be a legitimate coronation, she's got to get him up north of Orléans. And how is she going to get there? Because his road's blocked from the siege. And she's like, and her answer was simple. I will raise the siege on Orléans myself. And Many believe that the Holy Sword was from the patron St. Catherine because the voices told her where the sword was. And uh, some figured, consider that one of her first miracles to like pull a sword out of nowhere kind of deal. Uh-huh. And so the Dauphin, after all this goes down, she procures, tells where the sword is and it's there, has a special pseudo armor made for her because she had a slender frame and a banner made for her to carry into the battle made from white shining silk and painted of Christ flanked by angels on her banner. You can see a drawing of it. Right, which is really cool. I'm like, talk about show off like the hey English, this is the person you need to kill. <laughs> yeah. Well she also had a private audience with the king and then or the future king, so I shouldn't say king, the Dauphin at the time. And after that meeting is when he totally commits to Joan. And no one really knows up to a certain point what happened in that in that room. Now she's got the Dauphin support. They have to like they gotta raise this army so that Joan can go fight. But that takes time. So in the meantime, they have the armor made. They give her a white horse. And she spends that time training on how to ride the horse in armor and all that other stuff. She writes a letter to the king of England. But she can't write it because she can't read or write. So she has it dictated by like a clerk of the court. And the letter reads as such. Restore the maid who is sent here by God, the king of heaven. The keys to the fine towns you have taken and violated in France. King of England, if you do not do this... 
I am the military leader. Wherever I find your men in France, I will make them leave, whether they want to or not. And if they do not obey, I will have them killed. <laughs> End letter. <laughs> like, damn. So that goes down. So on the 26th of April, she's marching north with this army. And uh, she gets on the 26th, arrives at Orléans. English did not have enough troops at the time to do a total blockade of the city. So she was able to slip in the city. And when she gets in there, everybody's heard of the of the maiden. Well, the townspeople like are all flocking to her because they've been under siege for quite a while now. She's welcomed like an angel from God, according to one of the townsmen. And delirious crowds reached out to touch her as she rode through. But for some reason, the Dauphin is still like hesitant. And he, ha- he pulls the majority of his army back and has them go back to Chinon because I don't know if he felt vulnerable. He didn't want her to fail all the way. So she's there for like four days like by herself with a small contingent and she was climbing up walls and shit and then yelling at the English, like <laughs> telling them to fucking surrender and shit. And she was like, and then the English would jeer back calling her the fucking whore, go back to your, you know, captains and all that shit. Cause she's a woman in fucking armor. Well, the captain that was with her, he slips out of town and heads back to the Dauphin to tell him like, Hey, give her these soldiers, bro. Like, like come on, what are we doing? So he ends up talking the Dauphin into sending the troops back up north. And when they do, she leads from the front with her banner. So when you say banner, that's the coat of arms then? That blue flag? That that silk. That white silky flag that she's got. Oh, okay, okay. There's only really pictures of it. The banner has been lost to history. Pictures drawn about it, you know? Yeah, I see see some pictures. What was like the English view of this? Like when the king got this letter. Oh, they they hated her. They're like, this, this, they called her a tart a lot. Well, and she was a, you know, they called tart. her a tart. They called you a French tart. You know all that shit. <laughs> well, so on the fourth day of fighting, she actually takes an arrow in the in her neck and shoulder. Like I think I'm pretty much if you say it, it's the trap, you know what I mean? Your trapezius. She takes a sh- an arrow through there, but that doesn't stop her. And then what ends up happening? She presses forward and rallies her troops. And then the English captain that was up on this tower ends up falling into the moat. And drowning because his armor pulls him down. The English break and they end up freeing the city of Orleans. And then after she frees the city after just four days and it's been under siege for years, her reputation explodes in oh, France. Yeah. Like like everybody knows who this girl is now. So then the Dauphin raises the largest army he can muster and they march north from there to the city of Rheims to, uh, so he can get crowned. And along the way, they're just conquering any town or village that tries to like because all this is Burgundian territory at this point. So it's all enemy territory. So every town they come across, some have tried to resist. They only last a day or two. And then some just start opening their gates. Just like, yep, we're, we're for you. Bring it on in. Typical French. And it took only two weeks for them to march like 250 miles up to the, up to the town of Rheims. Oh, wow. And in that, in that cathedral there, there was a flask of holy oil that was sent from the heaven to the first French king almost a thousand years before. And every French king since had been anointed with this oil. So I was like, damn, that's an old ass oil. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Even- like the tradition, it's crazy. The traditions they had, like all these little areas had little landmarks. Like we were talking about last week about Japan, how they have that stone or the, mm-hmm. the fox is kept in, you know, and it, you know, it's like all, but that was all over, all over the Europe countryside. Right. And like, I said, when had I- like, Oh, this is where, uh, you know, the statue Mary bleeds and, you know, this is right. got a well, cloth like, of Jesus in the back. You know, you one think. thing I always had to be keep reminding myself was um, just how people thought back then. You know, it's just everything was God's will. Like, if you didn't believe in God, you were a heretic. They fucking 
they burned you or the Inquisition. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. It was like, you you don't believe in God? Hang him up. Rack him. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whoa. <laughs> Just wanted to fucking pray to Thor for a minute. It's just, right, crazy to think there's still places like that today, though. There's oh, yeah. still parts of the world that are right. like that today. So they, I don't say they really rush, but usually coronations take like a few weeks to prepare. Well, they work through the night to have this coronation happen the next day. And when uh, the Dauphin becomes King Charles VII, Joan is standing right beside him in her armor, holding her banner. And once it's all done, she kneels at his feet and says, Noble King, God's will is done. So she hmm. pretty much marched him up to the place so he could be anointed Crowned by God. King of France, yes. And so Joan still has, she, there's still a lot that she wants to do, and she feels the need to do it to unite France. So she sends a letter to the leader of the Burgundians, uh, Philip the Good, who have allied, allied themselves with the English. And there's the letter. I bring you word from the King of Heaven that you will win no battle against loyal Frenchmen, and all those who wage war on the holy kingdom of France wage war against King Jesus, the King of Heaven and the whole world. Now, surely. Know surely that however many men you bring up against us, they will win nothing at all, and a great sorrow will be the regret of the great battle. I was like, man, this girl, like for being your literate, she sure knows how to talk. Well, literate didn't mean stupid. Right, that's what I mean. Like Burgundy? uh, No, the Duke of Burgundy. Yeah, Burgundy. I'm paying attention here. The leader of the Burgundians. The Burgundians. They have a town in their area called Dijon. (laughs) <laughs> nice so i don't know if that's where dijon mustard comes from but <laughs> it's very it explains their demeanor anyway so like all right so she beats him out of orleans right ending the siege and so once that happens she gets a prominent clergy named jacques glue uh glue archbishop of uh Embrun. after that siege of orleans to stop right she actually got prominent theologians on her side saying that she was legit to help her cause so she doesn't get a response from the letter from the uh, that she sent to the Duke saying to pull out of all the French, ta- uh, you know, to not attack us and that they should surrender and join the king of the Holy Ro- uh, French Empire. They just, just ignore it because she's not royalty anyway, so they shouldn't have to respond right. to a peasant. So after the coronation, Joan talks to the now King Charles VII and says, we need to attack Paris and oh, take Paris back. Now. The five so, Paris. The, the Dauphin, at this point, he re- reluctantly agrees, but it's like, dude, Jones just proved, like, she fucking conquered the sea. She drove my ass up here and got me crowned. I have to stick with her, otherwise I'm going to look like an asshole. Right, but so, he probably doesn't want his kingship tied to Joan of Arc, too, you know? Right. So, like, he's got this weird political dynamic happening. She doesn't give a fuck about politics or any of this stuff. She's just trying to do what God told her to go do. Right. So, he reluctantly, he does send his army with her to Paris. They get there, and then... After hours of brutal fighting, Joan, Joan yells out to the English. She's up front like she always is. Uh, surrender quickly in the name of Jesus. For if you do not surrender by nightfall, we will come in there by force, whether you like it or not, and we will put you to death without mercy. Shall we, you bloody tot? That's what I was talking <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's where you were. Is yelled back at her, and at the same time, a crossbow bolt pierces through her thigh. And her standard bearer, at this point, I guess there's a guy just holding a standard for her, takes an arrow to the face. Oh. Oh. Right. And when she gets hit, she actually staggers and kind of falls down. And she's, like, begging the men to keep fighting. And the sound of retreat trumpets kick on, and they fucking carry her out of there, where she's saying, no, fuck, let's go. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, They fucking drag her off. Mm Mm-hmm. After that, a fucking Dauphin pulls his fucking troops out of Paris and says, yep, it's all right. Didn't work out. 
He only gave her one day. <laughs> For one day. So this is huh. where the political bullshit starts playing in. And the Armagnacs, you know, did they lose God's favor or did they did not believe so? The king believed that Jonah had lost favor of God because she'd gotten hit in that first day and almost died. So they felt that God wasn't with her anymore. So that's why they could kind of not really dump her, but, you know, back up. Move on from the uh, said right. propagandist. And he also believed that God wanted him to take a, maybe this was a sign that God was telling him he needed to help himself instead of just relying on God to help him. You know, that he needed to take some initiative himself. So, he he uses diplomacy and they agree to terms for initially a four-month truce with the Burgundians and the English, which gets extended by another two months after that. So, it ends up being about a six-month truce between the two sides. And Joan can't really do much now because it's, they're under a truce. And at this point, her commitment to the fight was becoming a liability for the for the King Charles. Because, like you call him yeah, he, they wanted to... Draw lines and yeah, be done with it. And she was wanted to take it all. Well, so she kind of fucks around. And I think in this time frame too, he's just kind of hoping that Joan would be like, "Oh, you know what? I think we have done enough," and she'll just kind of retire. Yeah, but she doesn't. She stays committed to the fight. Uh, the king support isn't supporting her with the army anymore. But when the truce ends, the Burgundians are going back to those towns that they captured up north, you know, on their way to get him coronated. And they're taking him back. One town was called Compion. So they hear about this. So Joan marches north with not the king's army, but she had a bunch of loyal supporters still. But they only were a couple hundred. She goes up there to where they were sieging that town and, and attacks the Burgundians. So she rides out across the bridge, leading the charge, yelling, God is with them. Uh, and then the Burgundians, what they did, they brought another contingent to block off the bridge on the back end. And she's pulled from her saddle and captured. Wow. And in the eyes of all the Armanacs, like, she's lost God's favor. So, they don't try to free her. At, at no point at this point do they, they try to rescue her or free her or do anything. <laughs> oh, she's, in, she's in enemy hands. And she was captured by fellow Frenchmen. But, of course, they turn her over to the English. They charged her with uh, public heresy. Right. Which, of course, is a capital crime. Of course. <laughs> and, you know, the Armanacs also believe that the, the fault was on Joan herself, and she had become too proud and too willful, so therefore they abandoned her to her fate. She probably and, was fucking getting annoying. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You know, just like, oh, no, we got to take the hill. Like, it's like, have you ever Christ. seen, uh, what is that uh, movie with uh, Kingdom of Heaven? Yes, yes, I have seen and that. That's a great movie. The bishops in the army was like, God wills it. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Anytime there's like any like, hey, maybe we shouldn't fight, you know? <laughs> like maybe we should do something like God wills it. Me and Graham were talking about that. <laughs> Same thing with our Patreon subject, this uh this ideology, how it drives people, you know? And Yeah, there's no there's no answer, there's no compromise. No, there can't be. Yeah, it's all or nothing. Right. And this is kind of how Joan is. It's like I will fucking free friends. That's how most every seventeen-year-old girl is, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, the English and the Burgundians really wanted Joan to be discredited, right? Because um, what I was getting to before, when I said that those other theologians backed her, the English saw the ability of this peasant girl to defeat their enemies as proof that she was possessed by the devil. So they also believe that God was on their side. You know, it's just that weird dynamic <laughs> that you talk about, like whose whose side is God really on? Is he on any side? You know, uh, and each side believes that they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Well, how most wars go. 
But uh, deciding how to discredit her has is, is proved challenging. She was a prisoner for almost a year before they even held a trial, which I found interesting. I was like, man, that's a long time. You'd think they would want to get it over quick, quick, fast, and ready. You know what I mean? But what, they don't. What was the idea of keeping her that long? Maybe she recant or something? I think so. I think that was part of the deal. If they could get her to recant, that would invalidate the king of the... Well, and it was also to show that God has abandoned her. Like, she's been captive oh, for a year. If she was okay. so great, wouldn't she be freed by now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She tried to escape three times and <laughs> failed all three times. The so third time, she actually jumped from the tower and she got hurt so bad she couldn't run off. Then she had to be mended. <laughs> but December 1430, she was moved to Rion, which is the capital of the English in the northern France. Uh, where This is where she ends up becoming tried for heresy. And it was a show trial about faith. Whose side God really was on, right? That's that's what the English are trying to do with this trial, like to show the rest of France that actually you're wrong. You're, you, you were, you know, you had the wool pull over your eyes. This bitch is crazy. I wonder what how that kind of a trial is. Like a just trial that, of faith. Just picture how you would. Well, they yeah, said. That's what it is. It's a trial of but, faith. But like you're sitting there in a, well, probably a castle, let's say. There's a whole gambit of people there. And what? You're just on your knees listening listening to them talk and hope, hopefully God shows a sign. No, there is there. a there is a whole legal structure to it, Monty. <clears throat> like that like I'm reading about the execution. It said that uh they couldn't put her to death if she was an unrepent unrepentant heretic. But they could put her to mean? death if she was a relapsed heretic. I just think it's like what? fascinating. There was definitely some sort of legal structure to biblical law about heresy where it just right. sounds like they use a bunch of fancy wording and then mix well, it with God and Bible and oh, everybody believes the main, it's good. The main thing with this trial too, it's like it's all really heavily documented and really precise, but it's also you have to take in consideration who's writing it. People that fucking hate her and are trying yeah. to discredit her. So there's a lot of things in this stuff that I'm about to read that some people believe was implanted, isn't totally true, not totally what happened. Mm. I mean, she was burned at the stake, but like some oh. of the stuff leading up to it is kind of bullshit. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm starting at the main. Okay. Uh, the beginning. All right. All the main right. interrogator right. was named Pierre Cachon. He's a bishop, but he was a heavy Bur- uh, Burgundian supporter and loyal counselor to the English king. He believed her to be a heretic. And if she could, uh, if he can get her to admit it, save her soul. Right. Because he was deeply religious and he cared about Joan, when I say that, I say that in air quotes, right? That did he really care? I mean, I don't know. Her but he believed soul. that she was a heretic, but he wanted to save her soul. Right. So in 19, uh, 1431 in January, the trial begins. 42 men are chosen to be on this judging panel to hear Joan speak. She still has been cutting her hair short. She's still wearing men's clothes. She's 19 at this time. And so I'm going to, as I read, this is everything recorded in the trial transcripts. And so it goes, um, it's actually record like legit. Yeah. So oh, Gashon right. goes, will you swear an oath touching the Holy gospels to tell the truth about the things we ask you that concern the faith and other things, you know, I do not know what you're want to question me about. Perhaps you will ask me things I will not tell you. So there's, there's parts that she's saying, I'm not going to tell you everything. So I'm not going to swear an oath. So this goes on for like <laughs> back and forth for like two days. <laughs> she played like the whole ball. day. She's like, no, I'm not saying an oath because you're going to ask me something that I, I might not want to answer. Now I'm breaking my oath. Right. So th- they're playing this game. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to read like the exact 
transcript all the way through. Like I'm going to skip to the parts that matter. And um, so there are only things that she would, uh, she'd only ever told her King and she wouldn't speak of them now. Mm. So day one yielded very little second day starts out nearly the same. And then Joan finally breaks his, I took an oath for you yesterday. That should be enough. And she took like a limited oath saying, you know, when I do answer you, I will tell you the truth, but only when I'm answering a question, not I can decide when I'm not going to. That's fair. So Gershon, goes, I advise you to swear for no one who is questioned in a matter of faith, not even a prince can refuse to take an oath. And then Joan says, you burden me too much. (laughs) (laughs) So she eventually swears a limited oath, like I was talking about, and she answers some, but refuses other questions. So Gershon, he goes on, he goes, was it well done to attack Paris on a holy feast day? And I forgot to mention that when, so when she attacked Paris, it was actually on a holy feast day. And other times when there was a holy feast day, she actually didn't attack. And like in the battle of Orleans, there was days that she didn't attack because it was a holy feast. Well, in Paris, she didn't give a fuck. She sent, she said, fucking send it. And her answer to that was all move on. I was like, nice. God. <laughs> so there's parts of this that I really believe, like, this is true testament, right? Yeah. After a pro- prolonged series of questions, she slowly starts to talk about her visions. And so her first vision, like the first time she's spoken to by the gods, or by God, she was 13. First time God spoke to her. At first, I was very afraid. The voice came at midday in the summertime in my father's garden. The voice came from my right-hand side towards the church. And I seldom hear it with hear it without light. The light comes from the same side as the voice. Uh, the light is all around, and gr- it is a great light. It seemed to me to be a worthy voice, and I believed it to be a voice sent from God. Once I heard the voice three times, I knew it was the voice of an angel. Right. So she says that on the first day, or uh, on that second, third day. So the fourth day of the trial, Goshani goes, "Is the voice that speaks to you the voice of an angel, or the voice of a saint, or does it come directly from God?" Joan says. Uh, it is the voice of St. Margaret and St. Catherine, and their forms are f- crowned in beautiful crowns, very rich and very precious. So she's starting to open up after a while. And so Gashon goes, was it the first voice that came to you when you were 13 or so? It was St. Michael that came before me, and, we, and he was not alone, but attended by angels from heaven. Did you see St. Michael boldly and really? Joan says, I saw them with my bodily eyes just as i see you and when they left me i wept i truly wish they had taken them with me or taken me with them and this is exactly what goshen wanted to hear because part of deciding so he's trying to get her to admit certain things because one of that book i was telling you the book of spirits or whatever to tell whether it was from god or the devil and in that book it says the more real it is the more apt it's probably from the devil and so that she can see angels is kind of a big deal because the church accepted that angels and demons could both be seen by humans and it was tricky to tell which was which. After centuries of debate, the theologians principally accepted that the church, that the uh, angel was not a physical being, but a spiritual one. So the more real the physical details Joan described, more like a demon her vision sounded. But Joan stood no chance of understanding this scholarly argument because she didn't know like the book of spirits, you know what I mean? Gotcha. So bird law. At, so as she tried to demonstrate the truth of her visions, all she did was detail and add more detail to her stories, which made it to seem to the judges just damning herself and proving more that these visions are from the devil because they're too real. Classic mistake. 
right? Every time. <laughs> so Goshan was uh, close to proving Joan a heretic in his eyes, but wanted more. So they leave her locked alone in a tower for like a week. And they have her chained up, even her feet are chained. And then they knock on her door. And because at this point, they start interrogating her and they move the questioning to her cell. And because he does, he doesn't want her to have a public audience anymore. Huh. So Gashon goes, uh, because Gashon also believed that when he first went, when she first went to see the king, she must have given him proof of her heaven sent mission, right? Otherwise, why would this guy listen to this peasant girl? Mm -hmm. So he was trying to figure out how did you get the Dauphin, now King Charles VII, to accept you as truthful? And he says, what sign did you give your king when you came to him? And Joan says, uh, one that is fair and honorable and most believable and good and the richest that there is in this world. Goshan, does the science still exist? Joan, it will last for a thousand years and more. The sign is in my king's treasury. Is it gold or silver? A precious stone or crown? And then Joan goes, I will not tell you anything more about it. No one can describe as rich as the sign is. In any case, the sign you need is still that God will deliver me from your hands. And it is the most certain one that he can send you. When I was reading this stuff and knowing that she just got burned, I was like, when she says things like that, I'm like, technically he did get free of her. I mean, she didn't yeah. get free of him. I mean, yes. You know what I'm saying? Not wrong. <laughs> Careful what you pray for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he continues uh, pressing for a few more days. And then Joan tells all. She like she just says, fuck it, I'm going for it. She said that when she first arrived in Shinon, where the Dauphin lived, an angel had come to bring her king a crown of pure gold. The angel had walked up the steps into the king's chamber with the company of other angels that only Joan could see. Joan then said to the king, sire, here is your sign. Take it and this crown. Oh, take this crown from God meant that the kingdom of France would be restored to him if he would give Joan soldiers and put her to work. And when once he she tells him this, that was enough for Goshan proof that she said, "How can an angel get physical form?" Because you know, according to our according to our books, fourteen hundred Matlock got her. According to our books, they're spiritual. They can't they can't take a physical presence. <laughs> okay, how are they how are they supposed to walk up the steps and hand over a crown if they're spiritual? Must be the work of the devil. I'm sure that's not how he said it, but that's all I'm saying. For him. Texan work of the devil. So, at this point, Joan is convicted of heresy. The punishment is, of course, burned at the stake. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Goshan wanted her to admit her guilt. He he would save her, save her life and soul. He tried for two weeks to, to persuade her to, like, life imprisonment and to, like, say that her visions were false and that she was guilty. Uh -huh. You know, he tried using reasonment, argument, and then even the threat of torture had her brought to a room full of, like, equipment ready to use and devices. And Joan was unmoved. And so what Jones ends up saying to him, in truth, if you were to have me torn from limb to limb and my soul separated from my body, I wouldn't tell you anything more. And if I did tell you anything else about it afterwards, I would always say you made me say it by force. So at this point, Gashon knew she meant it, sent her back to her cell. And well, so they the said that uh, they said that they she stood before like a, tr a group of guys and they voted whether she should get tortured or not. And three voted yes. And I think the the other nine voted no. Mm. A group of clerics. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, she was uh, sentenced supposed to be carried out by the English. They were already impatient. So 
on the 24th of May, Joan is brought to the square for sentencing and execution. A lot of people there are in attendance. She's after she's still willing to submit to the Holy Mother Church. This is this is the part where I find this is weird, right? She's been so steadfast and like, no, I know what I saw. Fuck off. And then all of a sudden she recants. She goes, I wish to obey the church of my judges. Church says my visions are not to be uh, believed, so I will not uphold them. I submit to the Holy Mother Church. I submit. Then there's a huge uproar in the crowd. The maid is uh, recanting. Goshan asks, are you willing to admit her sins? And an official of the court approaches Joan with the document acknowledging her hearsay, and she makes her mark, which is just a cross. So mm-hmm. she ends up getting life in prison instead and doing penance for her sins. She puts on a dress, and they shave her head. Uh-huh. Her short hair. Well, four days later, Goshan's called back to the castle in the cell where Joan's at, and she's dressed as a man again. And she was disturbed from uh, she was disturbed from de- denying her voices. The clerk notes, and her fatal reply was because Goshan starts questioning her again. This is where she gets nailed with the relapse. She's a relapsed heretic because she's back to hearing God again. And God has sent me word of the great pity of my betrayal. I have damned my soul to save my life. If- if it said that God hadn't sent me, then I would be damned, for I was truly sent by God. My voices tell me I have done harm by saying what I did was wrong. Whatever I said, I recanted. I only did because from the fear of the fire. So, at this point, she's pretty much recanted. She's relapsed cleric, or heteric, and then they actually do burn her. There's really not much else said. English carried out. They actually, um, he actually asked her a few other questions. So, on the 30th of May, just minutes before her execution... Goshan asks, is it true you have heard voices and received apparitions? Joan, yes. Whether they were evil or good, they appeared to me. I heard the voices most of all when the church bells rang in the morning and evening. Goshan, and the apparitions, the angels, they came in great multitude of the tiniest things. Goshan, what are of the angel who gave you who the one you are calling your king a crown? I was the angel, she said. I promised my king if he put me to work, I would see him crowned. And uh, that's the trial transcript that I was saying that is some people thinks bullshit that she recanted and did all this stuff that she was actually just steadfast in her beliefs. And they actually just ended up burning her that this At four days, this four day stint in here is bullshit. 19 but I could old. understand why you would recant. You're going to get burned alive. You're like, fuck. Yeah. I fuck. imagine many people. Have done that. <laughs> I imagine many people have done that, you know, right before being hanged or being burned at the stake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you hey, know, man, I'm sorry. Point, yeah. You know what? I There's that compromise you make for your ideology and yeah but for me like how faith or steadfast she was in her faith i don't see her doing that that she might not have too you know i don't know she's 19 she was still 19 fact is she was burned at the stake yeah yeah and uh that when they burned her they raked the coals back so everybody (laughs) could see her body to make sure that you know look she's fucking dead she's not coming back to life (laughs) then they restoked the fire and then they threw her ashes all the ashes from that fire they threw it in the rind Wow. Could you imagine right. if she it actually looked at everybody? It doesn't stop her brothers and one of her sisters from betraying her. They pulled that stunt off for about 10 years before they get caught. Oh, really? Yeah. I was reading that down here, and it was the, the king of France who actually found out that, you know, her sister Claude or whatever was, was maybe a cousin, I can't remember, was impersonating Joan. And then he confronts them, and then they admit to their deal. But they're the ones that pushed for her. Um, trial to be re-scrutinized. So after 25 years after she dies, 
France is actually fully reunited. So France is France. And then they actually have a retrial and, they, and she is found not guilty. Oh, our bad. Our bad. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Sorry. Huh? I'm curious. And when did she become sainted then? 1920. Yeah. Well, I mean, like what, uh, what is she a saint of though? I was going to say she was beatified 1909, which means in the French church, I had to look that up. Not the French church, but the Catholic church. Like you can pray. That's a person you could pray to and they could answer your prayers in a way. And yeah. then she's, she was confirmed in Satan in 1920 and it was all basically yet what had to perform three miracles. Yes. And yeah. some of the miracles they attribute to her is the sword, the Orléans. She's the patroness of soldiers and of France. Right. Man, go. she got, she got a wide range covered there. I tell you, saints are like Marvel characters of ancient days, you know? Each of them had a special power. The the most thing impressed her is she was just a poor peasant girl. She rose to some of the highest levels. Don't let anyone tell you one individual can't change the world. Right. I mean, she did become a martyr. I mean, she was 19. I just think it's crazy for So, she started this as 17 years old and died at 19. at, At 19. So, in two years. She had about like a year and a half run. Of like leading the army and all that stuff before she was killed. Yeah, imprisoned. Which so, isn't very long. You know no. <laughs> Just how quickly word traveled when word, word didn't travel that quick, I guess. That, you know? That's also but All these people rallied behind her because of it. Right. Did, uh, oh, shit. <clears throat> and, you know, of course, she went by a third name, too. She had a... If you look in like... If you like dig even deeper, you'll find that... You know, there's people that have suggested, you know, because there's atheists out there and they would try to disprove everything, you know, especially during this time that maybe she had epilepsy or tuberculosis or schizophrenia. No one really knows. Do you know in any research when she, well, it says, so Joan of Arc, who called herself Joan the Maiden. Right. That's what she was mostly known. Yeah. And she's now nicknamed the Maid of Orleans. The Maid of Orleans. Is considered a heroine of France. So when did she? Do you have any idea when she got that name? Or why? Maid of Orleans when she fucking freed it. Oh, oh is that when they okay. called it right after that? Orleans. I would imagine. Why not? Orleans. Orleans. Okay, that's probably how it's pronounced. Then. It's Orleans in America. <laughs> good shit. Dude. That's really <laughs> Orleans. Interesting. That was good, man. Uh, yeah, I gave it to you. I was, I was like curious. I like that one. If I was gonna be, but that uh, I had I had no. She clarifies. She that. she. In my opinion, she's a badass history. She may not actually physically killed anybody, but I mean, she's standing up there in the front line taking arrows. And... Uh, Joan Arc. Uh, that was a good one. I guess it's uh, Monty's drink of the day. Monty's drink of the day. See, I'm already slurring my words. I already fucked up. At this point, Monty's trash. What's the drink of the week, bud? I'm trying to work my way to that D cup, bro. You can rely on me. The IPA. It's a big award winner here in San Diego. It's really good. It's a good. It's a big award winner. It's a big award winner. It's pretty good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's going to be good. It's good. It's good. It's all right. It's pretty good. It's good. Monty's drink of the day. What do you got, Monty? Oh, Dragon's Milk today from uh, New Holland Brewing. Mm-hmm. It is a bourbon barrel aged stout, and it's fucking delicious. Stout? Coming in at 11%. That's got to yeah. be a thick delicious. one, buddy. Oh, it is. It pours out dark, like motor oil dark, mm. right? And it, 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 it you get a nice little light foam. 
and like the first taste. So this is eleven percent beer. The first taste is good. The first taste you get <laughs> is like chocolate, chocolate right off the bat, and then some roastiness. You you ever have a beer you can eat with a fork? <laughs> this is that beer. Dragon's milk. This is that beer. Yeah. When they only sell in a four pack and it's $22 for the four pack. It's, yeah, but that four I, pack of D. Yeah. Yeah. No, I bought it for uh I bought it for last weekend and didn't get to drink any of them. So I am too deep right now and I'm I'm enjoying it. This is a good beer. Dragon's nice. milk, Joan of Arc. I like it. Yeah, it's Dragon's good. Milk. How many stars on the? Are we doing ten or five? What was this? God, it's ten. I'm stick with. What do we want to do? We want to do ten or five. What's you, the? Consensus? You're the one that had it at ten. <laughs> you did. Do ten, the ten is hard, man. Tell me. Yeah, ten it is. is hard, dude. I'm gonna go. Let's go out of five. Let's let's make it the standard is five stars, just because it's easier. I'm gonna go four point eight. Easily. Okay. Easily. All right. Easily, I, the only thing I'm upset about is it doesn't come in a bigger bottle. Twelve mm. ounce bottles, mm. I, I want that big, that big bottle, that just, bomber. Just not getting you wasted enough, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking oh, of someone who's wasted, first person to receive gene edited pick art. You guys remember this story? Guy yes. got a yeah. Uh, he has passed two months after historic transplant, so. It's a no go. Well, he on was like heart. pretty much congestive heart failure when he got it, right? right. Yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't going to make it that much longer. Yeah, he got it yeah. January seventh. Uh, but it, and I, I just saw the article, so I was like, "Oh shit, we, that's a follow up story. We got to share this." Yeah, because we they, did talk about this. We did, and he didn't. There, they don't have any obvious reasons why he died. Uh, I think it's because he had a pig heart. I'm well, throw yeah. that out. <laughs> you know, I mean, simplicity at its best. We go, well, you had a pig heart, you know, but a gene, uh, not even just a pig heart, a gene edited pig heart. Isn't it odd so, that the Chinese don't have to worry about uh, looking for pig hearts? It's just they miraculously get these transplants. <laughs> oh, shit. Huh? Isn't that interesting? You going there? I'm just yeah. saying. All right. I mean, they have been accused of that shit, taking them from their prisons and stuff. Uh, Yeah. For the, from the Uyghurs. Oh. It's not. It's not even in question. It's been recognized by the United States government. They have slave camps in China. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Is that why you don't want to <laughs> say where you got your microphone? That's fine. Yeah. Well, you know, might as well use it to talk about Uyghurs every now and then. <laughs> that word. I I saw this, and I just thought uh, because this was in Maryland. This was here in yeah. the states. Fifty-seven. David Bennett, who uh, got that pig heart in January, died on Tuesday. Uh, well, let's pick it up here. Border, border authorities find 52 reptiles hidden in a man's clothing. You oh, like this? I saw this. <laughs> Where is it? How yes. does that happen? In California, of course. Yeah, in California. I So I read this article and I was like, was he smuggling them in? Is that was yeah, that the idea? Yeah, he smuggling them in. He got picked to be like the random search. <laughs> he was and guy. so they searched his. He, he had him on his person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sitting there as still as he can, <laughs> sweating bullets. Yeah, yeah. At San Isidro, yeah. that's only like twenty minutes away from me. Oh, yeah. oh, really? Easily oh. twenty minutes. Yeah, it's really close. Really he had close. like just a handful of snakes. Most of them were like, uh, t- like some toads and. Some were like considered on the endangered species list. Nine snakes and forty three lizards. For some reason, I can't view the article. It's being stupid for oh. me. 
How did not he carry that these things on him? Species. They, I, he like had like extra pockets. So you should there? see the picture of it. There's a picture of it. They're all like yeah, they're all bagged like up. Baggies. You know, these are big snakes. Yeah. They're big snakes. Just eat a lot of tacos. <laughs> he's actually he's from through. the U.S. Oh, sorry, that was racist. I mean, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, they're in silk bags. I mean, if you order reptiles online, this is how they come, just in a padded foam box. Not too like, bad they weren't chameleons, you know? Because ah! oh, ah! uh, let's finish the night Chameleon with a Florida soup. man story. <laughs> uh, got a great Florida man story. Florida guy asked cops to test the purity of his meth. Where no. Yes. Did he fall yet. for that really? No. He uh he bought some meth, did a little okay. did a little meth fun, and then uh was like not feeling meth fun in his body. He so, wasn't going fast as they no, say. No. That's, that's the that's the street term. <laughs> the, going fast, going is fast. that what that means? <laughs> you got any go fast? <laughs> uh uh yeah so yeah he wasn't going fast and uh so then hey is this is this meth i got bullshit <laughs> he goes to the cops he's like listen bro you gotta test this shit because i don't think i, I, I think i got robbed this. i think yeah, I, got robbed. I don't know about my dealer i don't trust my dealer anymore yeah. can you test this for me real quick <laughs> yeah piss laundry I soap the, bud I hey, this is no joke List, like. listen though this kudos to this man for doing this because the, I was listening to Joe Rogan, and he was talking about the amount of fentanyl getting shipped into the states. Oh God! And terrible. being it's and like cocaine and meth is getting cut with fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you and see the guy that just, got busted in Denver? No, no, I didn't see how much shit that he had. I'll find that when you talk about. It. Keep going. No, I was well. It's just they're shipping so much fentanyl, and and how the uh, how the process works to get drugs. Uh, changed here in the u.s so to change the chemistry of a fentanyl uh would have to go through a uh what's that process it's a patent process you know and it has to go through you yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that well in china you can just uh, uh change one aspect of the chemistry of a fentanyl and then you can push it out until it gets to review and then you know so you can you can distribute it uh, until and so there ends up being people you know they can't co- exactly copy how fentanyl's made so they adjust the chemistry by a little bit and oh. uh, and some of it is will kill you and then you know through their roads and uh, the road and belt initiative they've been shipping that fentanyl through and it's wow. getting cut it's yeah it's getting cut you know down south so and, that guy got, they did test it and it was fucked up or what uh, I, I did they say? I actually did. Oh, I, I, I didn't see. I didn't, it's I didn't not see the show. final. I, it's not in the show. I think notes. they I just said it. yes and arrested him. Probably didn't even test it. <laughs> I wonder what the honest not even is. It is laundry soap. He's like, I was just kidding. <laughs> this is a good joke. <laughs> I was just tied. Did I say meth? <laughs> <laughs> did I say meth? I was just fucking around. That's playing. <laughs> I just, I just, sh- I just shared a story on our Facebook group. <laughs> I see this. This uh, man in Denver. 200 Police pounds have announced of a significant drug bust. 200 pounds of drugs, including meth, cocaine, heroin, crack, and thousands of fentanyl pills. Look Arthur at this. Mills, Police, 59. Police said they seized the following. 179 pounds of methamphetamine. I was like, bro, that is a fuckload of meth. Dude. Yeah. 43 yeah. pounds of cocaine. That's unfortunate. Seven pounds of heroin. Seven pounds of crack. I was like, well, you, you should have cooked some more of that cocaine, you know. Uh, 1.7 pounds of fentanyl tablets. 
And 20 firearms. Well, his eggs were not uh, so, all in one bag. Yes, yes, he was. One, yes. 1.7 pounds of fentanyl tablets is between eight and 10,000 pills. Yeah. Jesus. They Bill told police that he was, uh, was stockpiling in order to sell. Obviously. <laughs> He was, was going to sell nah, it. Like, I'm not doing this. It's a stockpile, bro. Like, yeah. wait for inflation to hit. <laughs> they even gave the address and everything here. The Mills yeah. led police to search two homes on the 3000 block of North Race Street and another at 12100 block of Amherst Circle. Yeah. They just put it all out here. Uh, he's getting, yeah, he's getting a significant amount of time. He got a bond. How much is his bond? He got to bond out? <laughs> Yeah, Mills has gone before a judge and bond was set. He he was in the Denver jail as of Friday night. Well, but it's it Denver, which is bond. junior California, so they're probably just going to release him. <laughs> yeah, bond was five thousand dollars. He go. <laughs> I want to try. I'll be like, I want to. I'll be like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and find this guy's bond. Uh, yeah, because that'd be. Uh, it's interesting they don't mention it. It's interesting you get. Well, I guess everyone gets to bond out. I guess unless it's of course a it's an Aurora. Crime. That place is going south, bro. This is the article. You all of all of Colorado's going south, Devin. Don't fool yourself. No, Fort Collins is beautiful. No, no, no it's all going south. My no town problem. has twenty three breweries in it. One of those totally happens safe. to be Zvi Brewing. <laughs> oh God, I need some more of that beer. Uh, so good. Did you find out, Monty, what it was? I'm looking. I'm. It doesn't look like it's going to be easy. I've clicked on five links already. Uh, so you are free to move on. But right, no, that's it. That's the show. <laughs> that's it, man. Yeah, good show, everyone. Uh, yeah, learned a little uh, French history. Yeah, I was crisscross applesauce the whole time, just listening. That was fascinating. <laughs> Chris, really Wait, you're not sitting in a chair or anything? No, oh, no. I, I can't afford one in this. Uh, you sit on the floor. Guest sitting on the floor. Listen, yeah, we, Putin, there's like a little. Putin's carpet. looking at him like, how can you sit on the lava like that? Uh, Dude's got a five hundred dollar microphone and got guests sitting on the <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> two by six coffee table. He sounds amazing. Fucking <laughs> soapbox. That's where we're cutting out. We're getting tangled in all these cords. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks, Graham, for for coming on the show. Uh, Anytime. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was like, well, if you're coming over, might as well. I always uh, spring it on people once they get here. They feel uncomfortable to say no. <laughs> Yeah, they can't say no once they're in there. Yeah, because Corey locks the door, yeah. puts duct tape over the door seam, and like, no, you're staying. I should have seen the signs. I didn't know if Monty was going to show up, so I had to prepare for a third. Hmm. <laughs> That's hard truth. Damn it! Uh, hey, Patreon, gold content, gold content on Patreon, and it's always gold. Did I even ask how much? How much is how much is Patreon? I can't. You know, you remember. It's 20 bucks a month? Is that what it is? It's less than a candy bar. I don't know. Any candy bar that's less than a dollar. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> for value for value, right? Can you sacrifice one candy bar for great content to fill Help your mind? Up, guys. Yeah. Join the team. Join the, don't, now you've made it Squad. seem a little culty, bud. I mean, oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Was it where we had some HR meeting? Join the team, guys, against racism. <laughs> no, we are. We are the re, like the reason. If you want to hear truth radio. Truth. Speak to truth. The hard truth. Jonah Ark, was she of God? I, well, I don't know, but she burned at a stake. I tell you that much. She burned at a stake, so God wasn't there to save her, so no. <laughs> or maybe he did save her by allowing her soul to go up to heaven. Ooh. Well, so he all... could have her up there. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. 
which we will never know. I'm going to say she worked with the devil for sure. <laughs> I'm going to go with she didn't have enough ventilation in her hut. Throughout her story, how many times she actually threatens other people with God. Like that all God's the time. On her side. Yeah, it was a lot. She cursing people. Just being Not, like, no, God curses she didn't curse you. anybody. Like there's another story where um some of the soldiers didn't like her because she'd drive away all the fucking horrors that would follow the army. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> annoying. And like anytime a soldier would cuss or a knight would cuss, she would be, you know, berate them and tell them like that's not the way. She of had a night, swear jar know? for the French army. Oh, pretty much. And then like she drove the all the horrors out of the <laughs> army so the guys you know, the guys can get you see, you didn't include this. This is why no one <laughs> saved her for a year. Like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I don't yeah. want to see her burn, but I want to get laid to, at some point. You have to tease that in the in the description. We're like, and you got to listen all the way to the end to hear a nice little tidbit about Joan that no one knows. <laughs> she was a cunt. Whole arm, whole army cock blocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, That's a real title. To be whole army. <laughs> yeah. Pray to Jonah Ark to cock block around. Yeah, I'm a virgin. You followers. guys are going to stay that way. Oh, Put your cocks God. away. Jesus. <laughs> These dudes marching, looking at each other's fucking asses and like, sweaty ass armor all day. And finally, you get some cutty out in a that field. Paris, <laughs> that Paris pussy, you know. Being led oh, by, a, by an 18 year old virgin. <laughs> fresh Not cheese. to mention. <laughs> Yeah, she's out there just denying. She's beating bitches with her sword, like, get away from my boys. <laughs> These guys march, what, two weeks, 250 miles? They get to yeah, Paris. Yeah, no puss. Yeah, and yeah. They get jack shit. They, they reach the town, they get God. there, they're like, shh, we got to get this done quick before Joan shows up. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was real. You know, they probably call her Captain Cockblock right Captain back. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at there she goes carrying her banner, fucking Captain Cockblock. Uh, <laughs> this is gold. <laughs> oh my god. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> like I was trying. That's what's uh, trying to figure out uh, the anagram for fucking Ark when it stands like all raging cocks blocked. You know, but Ark. <laughs> Something like you could come up with something like that's like oh no Ark of the Covenant yeah oh, that's what that means that fucking bitch fucking oh please tell me you're still recording <laughs> oh yeah no, that's, okay. I was waiting Good. for this part of it yeah it's got to yeah, be something ra- raging cock blocker <laughs> yes, yeah. raging cock blocker rage- Anglo yeah. no oh, God come up <laughs> we if we can figure it out it's a T-shirt all right that's what I'm saying to blue Just, balls we could see, see, <laughs> <laughs> but have it with like the French symbols above oh. it. If they, do you know? Ar- well, well, they, they were they B-L-E-A-U. were called the army, uh, the the Arma Max or whatever. The Arma Max. Uh, yeah, the the French side that she fought for. Army Armanax, right? Yeah, I think that's what it Almanac. Was. <laughs> no, the Armanax. Damn! A breaking news: Ukraine refuses Russian offer to surrender. Battered at the besieged city. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you're an ideologue. Just fucking let your people keep getting killed. Man. How do you... Never mind. We're not going to go. No, go ahead. I'm curious. They're, they're both convinced. I, how, 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 as the Russian president... I, I need to click on this link now. The Russian military has offered the Ukraine troops defending the strategic port of... Oh, fuck. Here we go. Come on. Maripool. Yeah. To yeah. lay down arms and exit the city via humanitarian. Humani- hum- 
Human- humanitarian. <laughs> get this. Yes, humanitarian corridor. Oh my god! The rules. But that proposal was quickly rejected by Ukrainian authorities. What? So there's a town on the what? eastern side of Russia by I think it's north of Odessa, and it's been under siege now for. I don't know, 11, like 11 now, days? Right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. The two different armies met up and put it under siege. And uh, they've just been shelling it. And then they're like, listen, just surrender. We'll let everyone leave. Russia will wait no, until 5 a.m. Monday for a, for a written Kiev's response to the Russian proposal of the Ukrainian troops to leave Maripol, but didn't say what action russia would will take if the humanitarian offer is rejected it's not gonna be good what I can't imagine it's gonna be good what why wouldn't they just accept oh man you know i i don't know i don't to too deep into this but i well, heard where the Nazi he, he doesn't even is. he doesn't even want all of ukraine he just wants a certain section of it and that's it yeah just the two eastern regions man Ukrainian. I think he wants Kiev too, though. I think they want Kiev back. I think they. I think they. They're annoyed enough. They want Kiev back now too. They'll let him set up. They're going for it all. So the Ukrainian prime minister is quoted saying there can there can be no talk about surrender or laying down weapons. She rejected the Russian statement as manipulation. We're we're toting weird lines right now because we're making it very public. We're sending them weapons and stuff. You know, yeah. like it could very easily be. Uh, the interesting thing, like when listening to Dan Carlin about World War One and World War Two, was like the legality of these nations declaring war and the documents they had to draw up and give to the other nation. You know, for their reasons and all that stuff. Like you're getting to the point where there's that. there's legalities here where Russia could be like, listen, uh, you know, you're pretty much have declared war on us. Yes, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, then I mean, I just think it's very interesting, like. Well, in Russia was considered. Uh, well, they were using weapons that were against uh, the vacuum bomb. Did you hear about yeah. that? Yeah, we talked about mm-hmm. it in an episode. Okay. No, yeah. no, it's <laughs> it's fascinating because it sucks all the oxygen or ignites all the oxygen. Mm-hmm. Burns it all, and there's nothing to breathe. This is crazy. Well, I can't. I, yeah. I would think at this point Ukraine would just be like, you know what? It's fine. What do you want? So you can just stop and let us have our little portion, but. They know what they want. They won't give it to them. They won't give them those two regions. Those two regions have been fighting for independence since 2014. Yeah, but at what point does the Ukrainian president be like, dude, okay? You know, or is it just one of those things where you are going to listen? Ukraine, Ukraine does not want to surrender for one reason only, and that is to get Western support. The longer they hold out, the more tragedies of the war that happen. Yeah, the more they can drum up the war machine of, you know. And I think this is going to turn into a NATO thing. Do you think what it is is where it's the let's make the war machine of Russia look as bad as possible? Yes, yeah, and you know you're going to blame all those casualties on Russia. You're not going to blame it on yourself for not surrendering yeah you know so you're gonna blame all those you know and this bombing of civilian areas is because they set up their military units in civilian areas so Mm -hmm. all these buildings you see with tank shells in them is because those were you know it's war it's like you know i'm not taking one side or the other i'm just saying yeah 
No, no, I agree. You know, it's not like they're going out there and being like, here's a full hospital. Let's bomb that. You know, that's well, what was it the other day? Best. They were talking about that hospital or the maternity. Yeah, the maternity. Yeah, yeah the maternity that said children. Yeah, it's that you got to understand when you're defending, bombed. you're also thinking of these propaganda campaigns. So you're saying, well, we'll set up, you know, all those people are evacuated before that. And yeah. then they set up in a maternity hospital russia bombs the maternity hospital all those people yeah. die and then the ukrainian government goes oh well they they're Look bombing babies they they're bombing yeah. babies you know uh, it's, not, it's, not. it's easy <laughs> it's easy to do yeah. ah, man i just i just think ukraine would be doing anything to end it the longest i wouldn't be looking no. at it as far as like they've been trying to who, get into into the european union for quite some time oh yeah you know well they were offered nato what fucking no years they ago? were not offered nato well they were trying to join they were trying to they? yeah yeah and they weren't able to and now look at yeah <laughs> i guess so i don't know uh, i don't know it was a little update i saw just as i clicked on yahoo so i went into a tangent i'm sorry no that shit is fascinating to sit and observe yep all right gentlemen good show yep that's it time for me to go well eat. played <laughs> Devin, did you just leave <laughs> no i'm, I'm here <laughs> oh, all right guys have a good one yep you too <laughs> night let me say it right now yeah give me yeah give me a try let's figure it out if you like this podcast give us a subscribe wow! like and subscribe come on Devin. what <laughs> He said like and subscribe, and you didn't even listen. What about our Twitter and our Instagram? Yeah. And we most importantly, our Patreon. Did you just ask you, if we have all that? You're adding a bunch of shit in here. I'm just saying subscribe. This is the emergency broadcast system. This is not a test. Repeat, this is not a test. This is our advice to take the following steps. If exposed, remove from